Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for a healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we'll bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome back to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm happy to say that our guests today are actually Lisa, the co-host of this podcast, along with her husband, Lester. So welcome to the podcast, Lester, and welcome back, Lisa. Thanks for switching roles from interviewer to interviewee. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Right, so we can just start off maybe with you both uh, telling us a little bit about yourselves. So this year, we've been married 10 years. And uh, we have three children, two boys and a girl. Um, our oldest being uh, eight, turning nine this year. And they're all sequentially two years younger than him. So our youngest is four. Um, so, uh, and our two boys are the oldest. And our, our girl is, uh, actually, I guess she just turned five, or she's turning five. Uh, and she's our youngest child. She's our youngest and sassiest child, <laughs> yes. by far. <laughs> yeah, so they were so they were all school age, um, and then uh, of course we this was the first year that we had our youngest Maya at school, and, uh, and partway through the school year we were thrown a little off course from where we had expected to be. So I'm uh, as you know I'm Lisa. I'm a PhD student in the um, at the University of Guelph, and uh, yeah, and you know we've we've uh, are just you know trying to balance Lester work shift work. And uh, for the city, and um, yeah, we're we're just trying to work through the new the new normal, I guess. Yeah, like <laughs> ev- like everybody else, we're trying to adjust. And as Lisa said, uh, I'm a I work for the city, and I was a frontline worker, so I was continuing to uh, to kind of go into work throughout, and so that uh, for sure that shifted a lot of the burden kind of unexpectedly to uh, to Lisa through this. But uh, I think we've, you know, we've managed. I think uh, I think it's, uh, you know, we there's two ways of looking at it, but it's kind of a glass half full or half empty thing and matter of outlook. And we've chosen to, to you know, see the better side of things and keep going and, and try to make the most of the situation that's here in front of us, right? Not as opposed to wishing for things to be different, which we can't yeah that's a good way to look at it um and speaking of the new normal um how did the stay-at-home order change your family's routine well that was that's an interesting question so uh as lester mentioned he's a frontline worker so uh he continued to go to work in fact his i I would say that his work hours um in a way ramped up a little bit and so um when the kids started staying home, then yes, it was it was definitely a challenge to find a new balance. I, I, I say that, but really, in the beginning, there was no there was no balance. It was really taking it day by day and trying to figure out how to do work um, and how to um, kind of you know let go of some of the plans we had that were coming up 
and come to terms with the fact that, uh, you know, we kind of had to let go of some of the things that we had planned for us uh, in terms of travel, for example, uh, and kind of uh, adjust to uh, the kids being home full time and not really having an end date uh, to COVID and um, things were happening. Things were changing so quickly. I think that was probably our biggest challenge. <laughs> like like everyone else, reacting to the news and uh, and understanding its impacts on us. But I think your question had a really interesting word: routine, which is essentially we had to build a new routine in order to be successful. And when we were in that period of adjustment or transition, we absolutely, like I imagine, like everybody else, struggled because we didn't yet conceive or think about how that would look like and over time as, as things have gone on then we uh that's that's that adaptation or adjustment that we talked about and you know especially with kids the ages that we are we're very blessed that they are they can given the right environment really adjust and rise to the occasion and proud of our kids i think they've done really well in terms as well as could be in terms of uh in terms of their understanding of the situation, in terms of still finding joy in their life and, and, and really kind of settling into homeschooling, essentially, right? We've, what we've done is a continual, is a, it's a routine that, uh, that involves learning in the morning, learning in the afternoon, and all the other activities are kind of based around it. And so we've, uh, yeah, we've become unexpectedly homeschooled teachers. Yes, that was unexpected. Yeah, this was the first year, actually, the kids, all three kids were actually going to school. I dreamed of that day. Like, I dream, like, as my kids were young and I was up breastfeeding, I was like, one day they're going to be all three in school. And uh, this was the year. And that just, that just got, that rug got torn out from under me. But the routine question is interesting because for a routine, it's not like I changed my routine and found a new routine. It wasn't that easy. I went. I, I think that the routine was constantly in flux for a period of time, given that I didn't know the new routine that would work. We had to try a few different routines to find one that had worked, and they were already home a bit with the strike, uh, as most uh, parents who uh, know who have children school age. And so on those days, I didn't really do i just kind of stuck with our own routine except that they were home but you know covid was different in that it wasn't a rotating covid it was like the strikes it covid was ongoing and so you know we it was just trying to discover we probably went through a few different attempts at a routine i would say four or five different trials that didn't work before we finally found kind of what worked which was uh planning an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon that we would do homeschooling and then working everything else around those two hours, I think. It's kind of what worked. Yeah. And while all these changes were happening and with everything in flux, what were some of the biggest challenges for your family? For me, I, I think it was uh, isolation, I think. I think just a feeling of uh, I'm a pretty sociable person, so um, I think uh, Lester and I are a bit opposite that way. Lester's been social distancing since 1992, right? <laughs> uh, Before, I'm afraid. I just didn't know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Lester would roll the rock in front of the cave and just kind of call it, a, call it an evening. But 
No, I, for me, it was, I, I, I'm pretty social. So I missed that physical interaction. That was challenging for me. Um, and then what was challenging for me, for our family, uh, was if I'm being completely honest, it's, it's, um, trying to find a way to, uh, be, con um, I guess be content with the way things are and that I wasn't short with my kids. Like I was frustrated and kind of upset, not upset, but like frustrated with, um, not the, the unknown, like the not knowing and not having a routine was exhausting. I think that's probably the word. I was really tired. I was exhausted in trying to balance school, work, kids, um, Lester working longer hours. And I was tired and, and trying to find a routine that allowed not only my kids to feel like they were being stimulated and challenged every day and entertained, uh, but also uh, Lester and I have always valued um, our time together as well. Um, and so finding also a routine that allowed us some time together, uh, you know, um, so that 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 continued. And I think that was the, the biggest challenge for my family, um, just trying to find a way for me to be less tired and feel like there was some kind of order in the home. What would you say? Yeah, I think that's the building the routine. And then I think like everybody, it's really changed everyone's view of a public space or common space and how we utilize it. And it's kind of, you know, it's uh, the it's important to keep in mind the positive messaging about masks, which is I'm protecting you, you're protecting me, but also it, it creates or fosters this atmosphere kind of a distrust, right? So going to a retail environment now is, especially at the beginning, it was pretty intimidating when people are jumping out at you with contactless thermometers and surprising you, and, uh, right? And, and people and everyone's backing up from each other. That's the way it really does, um, you know, it, it was, it's a very interesting uh, uh, dynamic uh, that I think people have settled into now, but at the beginning there were wide variations in terms of how, in terms of how people were reacting and it made, uh, it made every event, like going out to shopping, kind of this big planned activity because it's not like if you forgot something at the store, you would say, oh, I'm just going to run back out again and grab that one thing, right? So, so, um, so that I, I would say, I would say that that changed a lot of the experience outside the home and it's, and it's changed what's kind of a comfortable experience and what's not right now, right? And that's, that's part of the problem going forward that there is creating or widening a bit of inequity because some businesses are doing fine depending on their business model and others are really struggling, right? I think the kids, I think the biggest challenge with our kids was that they missed their friends. I don't think that they necessarily missed math class. I just, I think that they missed that social interaction with their friends. So a big challenge for us was actually explaining to our kids that, um, you know, what, COVID-19 was and uh, why things were happening the way that they were and and why they couldn't have a birthday party with all of their friends. You know, that was something that was really disappointing. Um, just kind of ex explaining uh, that we were, so we were actually going to leave um, to go travel and we happened to be leaving on Mateo's birthday. 
not for his birthday, as he kept telling us, but on his birthday. And so not only did that not happen, but then he's like, well, will I get a birthday party? And it's like, well, no, you, you also can't have your friends over for a birthday party and, and explain that. So I think managing a, a challenge for us was managing um, some of their disappointment, uh, you know, because they don't fully understand. Uh, they understand, but I, I think it's difficult to fully grasp the, the gravity and, and the widespread nature of what COVID-19 is and was and can do. And so, um, yeah, I think that was a challenge, just helping manage our kids' expectations and disappointments. Yeah. Yeah. Some still feel very normal and other things have been totally shifted. But yeah, there's, I mean, my sleepover birthday party canceled. Uh, Marino's uh, was really looking forward to playing soccer this year in a league canceled. So I mean, they, yeah. he won an award at school that got the, the ceremony got canceled. Yeah, so definitely, uh, definitely they've, uh, you know, it's, it's a feeling for them. I think we feel bad for them because regardless, they've experienced, uh, children especially, they, they experienced a loss in the sense of lost opportunities, right? And as, as many people have had, but I think at that, at those ages, those are kind of like significant milestones that they've, uh, that they, that have been kind of, that are gone, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and remembering how, although they seem, you know, they're, they're not life altering, uh, but for them, recognizing that for them, that was a big event that they were looking sure. forward to sure. and, and understanding their feelings right. around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's all part of uh, quote unquote normal childhood, I guess, what really is, but I mean, part of it is for those social interactions and the memories and all that, and that's definitely been disrupted uh, for. I, I would think for already a long period of time, and who knows really at this point how much longer, right? That's that's the other thing. There's no end date, right? So it's uh, it's difficult to make plans with them, and we can't promise them anything because, and this is what we were honest with them up front. We haven't seen this either in our lifetime. It's new for everyone, right? So we've never we've been realistic in how we've communicated this to say it's not like daddy and mommy have all the answers. We don't, right? Because this is unique and new to everybody in our lifetimes, but hasn't kind of a once in a century type event. So we're kind of all in it together in terms of figuring things out. Yeah, it'll be interesting for kids your age. I wonder like what, how they will remember this time, like in 20 years, what will they, how will they remember this experience for them? Because they're probably still going to remember that their birthday party was really fun because their mom made like the best cake ever for them or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, yeah, it will be interesting. I mean, especially Marina getting to that age where I think back, I have memories from that age. But I'll tell you, an immediate effect is they clean their hands way better than I would have ever when I was, uh, when I was, uh, I yes. all the time there. And they're hand washing pros now. Yeah, that that's definitely improved. Thank goodness for small graces, I guess. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um so Lester, as an essential worker, you've been continuing to go to work and Lisa, you've been um doing school from home. So what are some strategies you found useful for working from home while you've had your kids home as well? Finding a new routine has been exceptionally helpful really helpful. So finding that new routine. Also, we were kind of 
uh, lucky in a way uh, in terms of our living situation because um, before co just before COVID happened, uh, my mother had sold her house in Mississauga and bought a uh, U-build condo here in Guelph, and it uh, hadn't it's not built yet and it got delayed. So she's actually with us. Granted, my mom is uh, older and cannot watch the kids all day, so we're very conscious of that. So she watches the kids for a couple hours in the morning, and that's helpful. And so for those uh, two hours, I get some work done. Um, I also get some work done before the uh, kids um, wake up and sometimes after they go to bed, if it's necessary. Uh, and then, you know, my kids will play together for a period of time before they will fight. So I probably have a good 50 to 60 minutes of nice play before somebody pokes somebody else and there is a riot on my hand. So I, they, they do play in the basement. They are at that age, right? Maya's almost five. They're between five and eight. So they're kind of at the age now where they can be left alone. They're not, I'm, I'm lucky in the, in the fact that they're not, you know, two years old where I need to watch them or they could injure themselves as long as I know where they are and, and they can play together within the home. I keep an ear out and I can get some light work done, but managing a routine uh, and then sticking to that routine has been incredibly helpful. Uh, and then, you know, I watch, and then of course I'm with them, you know, late that late morning, we have lunch together, um, you know, an afternoon in the afternoon, we during the school time, we were doing an hour of homeschooling and then, of course, some playtime. And then it's time to make dinner. And I try to get them to help me out sometimes, like just the simple things of like simple things to do. Obviously, they're not over the stove, but um, simple things they can do to help with dinner just to keep their minds active and keep them from, uh, you know, getting into fights and poking each other and keeping them entertained. And then, of course, I do TV time. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of, once we built that routine, it got easier. But in the beginning, I really, I think we all really, really struggled um, because they were bored and they didn't kind of know what to do next. And, and we weren't sure, uh, no one was, how long this would continue for. And everybody, I think, maybe were, we were overly optimistic in terms of, of thinking that it was a temporary disruption to the school year as opposed to entire school year being canceled so it took a while before we really adjusted to this is this is what's going to happen for the foreseeable future and committed ourselves down kind of that path to change and set out those mutual expectations because once everybody knows roughly what to expect it goes better right when when it's when the when it's uh, unfamiliar territory everybody i think struggles and that's that's normal and i'm sure that's that's where we were at, but I, I don't think I don't think we were alone by any stretch. There. I think everybody was kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Once once school was canceled, it was like, all right, this is serious. Let's get that routine and get it done right, so that if I was drowning until I found a routine that worked. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, what have been some of your family's favorite activities during this time? So we have. Uh, dug out from our garage a, uh, a pool that we hadn't uh, a kiddie pool a kiddie pool that we hadn't really made too much use of prior to this year and uh, so 
kind of nice this year to more fully inhabit kind of the outdoor spaces in our home. Um, and and so that that's been that's been something that was kind of nice that came out of this. And yeah. um, it's a it's a it's a pretty good sized kiddie pool. Yeah. I mean, it, it entertains our eight year old. Like it's yeah. it's a you you don't you wouldn't bother to set up this kiddie pool unless you were leaving it for a few days because it's big enough where we actually when we empty out the water we have to bucket the water out or it will kill the grass if we just empty it like there's a ton of water in it mm-hmm. so that's been so I think kind of stopped us in the past from using it more but I but this yeah. year it's been worth it. I think this year just uh, taking advantage of the fact I mean summer is only is brief every year in Canada regardless but I feel this year we've had more urgency in terms of in terms of that invent like seize today kind of attitude and, and really going outdoors and enjoying that outdoors and getting them out so uh bike riding and and uh just out in their front yard backyard things um just more more so than in the past and I think that's uh I think that's been uh, nice and to this point it hasn't the kids have not been Bored of it, they still really enjoy that opportunity to go outdoors and kind of stretch, stretch their legs out and go explore. And, right. Uh, yeah, even go on little hikes through the great trails near near us. Right. And yeah. uh, we've been doing more of that. I, I think, and I, I guess, uh, like Lester mentioned, it's the urgency. Whereas before, we thought, oh well, we can always go out or we can we can we'll head out and do activities later whereas now we think well you know there might be a second wave <laughs> we won't be able to really get out as as easily when really bad weather hit so let's get out now and so we uh Mateo's a little bit older uh usually kids learn to use a bike you learn to yeah, ride a bike a before, before they yeah i think a lot of and so, so we finally got him out and taught yeah. him how to ride a bike. And it was on our to do, and we went out and uh, yeah. this year we made sure we prioritized that and did it. Yes, but taking advantage of taking advantage of the good weather would probably be one of our bigger activities that we've done. Yeah, that's great. I guess you guys were lucky with the pool. I've heard that they're all sold out online. So <laughs> good. Have, it was in our garage. Uh, you know, if, for anybody who's ever seen our garage, it is not the easiest place to maneuver during the Sakai, just pile stuff in there. So we had to dig it out and patch a couple of holes. But I think, yeah, yeah we got it working. Yeah. yeah, definitely worth getting it out. Um, and going back to routines, um, Lisa, you mentioned um, needing a routine and that it's really important. How have family meals factored into your routine and have they been affected by the pandemic at all? Um, some of the items that... Uh, you know, I guess in the beginning, like when the pandemic was kind of when everything was at its heat, let's say, it was hard to find uh, certain items that we were looking for. But so that means we just I, I just altered meals a little bit, I guess. I, I am not super exciting when it comes to dinner meals. Like I tend to have the same X number of meals that I kind of go through in a month. They tend to change in the summer versus the winter, but um, I wouldn't say our meals changed too much. We didn't go out. We, we rarely go out or pick up anyway. We rarely go out because I find it exhausting. I find it exhausting to go to a restaurant with three kids. Um, so, and, and we on occasion pick up. I think more we just. Well, healthier, you know what? It's healthier living, which 
uh, which we have been turning towards progressively over time. So we very much already are we're based towards cooking at home. So that didn't, like you say, that that didn't change. I would say probably the biggest effect, and it hasn't quite changed what we put on the table, but I think I think everybody's pretty a little um, sticker shock at the right? yeah. there's a bit of um, there's still some clearly some supply chain interruption and getting that fresh produce is is more difficult now than before and, and uh, even when it is when it is available it's much more expensive. So yeah, I would agree with that. I, I I get sticker shock with everything though. Anybody who knows me know I, I get sticker shock with everything. I'm like that's way too high. That's way too much money. Uh, for everything. I'll be at the dollar store. I guess sticker shock at the dollar store. Um, but so so grocery shopping has been uh, sticker shop like just in abundance. So I would I would say that that is something. The other thing too, actually, uh, I'll tell you one thing. It kind of has changed for the better. Uh, we I'm always in a rush. I'm always in a rush to get dinner on the table and then get out and take the kids to their activities, whether it be karate or swimming or whatever. And so I never used to have them help me out at all with meal prep, mostly because I just didn't have the time. I was like, okay, we just got to get this on the table. We got to eat. We got to get going. And so to have them help me out, uh, you know, sometimes they work. All, my, I love my kids, and they are so good at so many things. But, man, they work at a glacial pace when it comes to any kind of cooking. So – uh, because there's been a little bit, because they're home more and there's less to do and I'm kind of running out of ideas, they are helping out in the kitchen. And, you know, they're getting better. So <laughs> if anybody else's children is out there and you're thinking it's a glacial pace to chop this garlic and you're, you're you know, it, it does get better the more that they do it. They are a little bit faster. So I think that's been one thing for the better. I have had them. Maya picks the parsley off the stem, for example, and Marina will wash the basil and stuff like that. So I tend to, to get them to help me out more in the yeah. kitchen. I would say that's that's one thing yeah, that has changed. Change, right? Yeah, that meals that has helped meals. Truly a family meal, not just eating, but preparation of it too. Yeah, great. That's super. Um, and if you could uh, go back to March of 2020 and give yourself advice, do you guys have any advice that you would give yourselves? I would tell myself the final routine that worked. Save <laughs> ourselves a lot of angst. And some tears. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I think I would uh, tell myself to be more patient with myself and my kids. I think I would, I would, I think that would be the biggest piece of advice to be more patient. Well, I, I think, I think that from early March, I don't think, uh, for me, it's kind of adjusting expectations, certain things that I didn't think could happen, did happen. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way and the suddenness of it all. And it was, it was a shock. My system, I think everybody's how quickly we uh, had to pivot to meet kind of this challenge. Um, it's no advice per se, but I think this has really shown that uh, it, it kind of shakes, in a way, kind of shakes uh, your foundation kind of to the core because what uh, because nothing really seems inconceivable or off the table anymore, right? It's uh, it's a different. Uh, profoundly different world in terms of you can't be secure in terms of what you think you do know and don't know because 
quite massive and unexpected can happen. Um, just uh, that will jolt you out of the life that you had and uh, force everybody to change, right? And it's, uh, so that's, I mean, that's, that's definitely, I think, one of the profound impacts of COVID, regardless that uh, won't take anything necessarily for granted anymore, right? So. For sure. What is something you are looking forward to doing as a family again once it's safer to do so? Travel. Yeah, so we, we've always valued experiences more than more than things, I think. And I, I think that's a prevailing sentiment kind of in our generation now. Um, but uh, there's you know, I, I think we were we were generally pretty good in that we didn't put off too much until tomorrow, something that we could do today, but this definitely adds a little more urgency to that kind of to those kind of carpe diem type sayings and thoughts, right? That we won't, uh, you know, that we there's uh, there's no point sometimes waiting until tomorrow because it's so this makes it all a little more uncertain to predict, to predict and plan ten or twenty years from now. We don't even know what the next twelve months will look like, right? Right. And the other thing too, uh, I think I really feel differently about is taking more time to um, take those opportunities to be with family and friends in person, to have, um, you know, a dinner party or to have people over for drinks or uh, just get together, you know, in the back for a backyard barbecue like that. I think, you know, I, I don't think we did enough of that with, uh, we did do it. We we're, you know, I, I'm social. So we had, so I invited people over and let them know we had the barbecue. But uh, so I, I think we did do it. I just don't feel like we did it enough. There's always the times when we're like, yes, let's get together. And then you know what? Months will go by and, and, and that didn't happen. So I think, I think kind of it has brought to light how important those connections are and keeping those connections with friends and family, um, you know, uh, I, I think I would do more. I think when COVID's done, I think I'll do more of that. I think, you know, if we try to arrange a date and it doesn't work, uh, we're, I'm going to, we're going to do it again. We're going to try again. And, uh, to not let months go by without physically gathering with friends and family. I think not only is it good for Lester and I as adults to get together with friends and family, but I think it's also great for kids. A lot of my memories as a, as a kid, uh, being in a, a very loud Italian family um, was those family gatherings where, and not only gather like back, you know, when I was a kid, we used to just drive to somebody's house unannounced, you know, and they would come over completely unannounced and it was exciting. Like I would be in my pajamas. It was exciting. And we don't do that anymore, nor would, would we do that unannounced. But I think I get, I, I have one, some of my really great memories as a kid is getting together with, kids of other friend, family friends. And I think I kind of want that for my kids as well. I think I, I think we, I think somewhere along the lines, I think a lot of people lost that. And for us, I think that would be a priority. So, you know, kind of traveling of course, and, and experiences, but also the experience of just being physically together with people that we love and care for. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think coming out of this, a lot of people will be feeling the same way. So with that, Thank you both for joining us on Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. We appreciate you both coming on and sharing your family's pandemic journey. Is there anything else you wanted to share before I let you go? No, it was great talking to you. Sounds <laughs> awesome.
All right. Well, I look forward to when we can all catch up in person when it's safe to do so. Yes. Thank you for having us. Thank you.